Recording mere minutes after the Guardians have been eliminated from the ALDS by the New York Yankees. Uh, they lose Game 5 in the Bronx, 5-1. to one. Uh, Basically went out like a fart in the wind today. Um, you know, it's, it, it's so hard, and it's going to be so hard for me to get down on this team after what they've accomplished this year given their expectations but for me I think we have an entire winter to discuss the merits and the accomplishments of this baseball team it hurts man it's disappointing there's nothing you can say about it and I'm not I'm not going to accept the reasoning tonight that, oh, well, they won the division when nobody expected them to. Oh, well, they won 90-plus games and everybody picked them to win 75. Yeah, that's all it's all well and good. And like I said, we can talk about that all winter. But just after losing a game five like that, after you went up 2-1, to one, had, an, had an opportunity at home in game four to eliminate them after one of – after the most most exciting moment in Guardians history since Rajay Davis's home run in Game Seven of the World Series in 2016, they just they, I mean, it's it's very harsh for me to say that this team choked again against the Yankees, but I, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, let me know your thoughts. I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned. Uh, that you're going to have a little bit of a different take than I am uh, while we were watching the game and texting back and forth. But it's just, man, it's just so disheartening. I think you've hit the nail on the head with that word, disheartening. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, because, like, like I, I think I was too harsh literally just a minute ago by saying that this team choked. I think that is a little too harsh. It's a little too harsh. It's how I feel in the moment, given the way that, I mean, they were literally lifeless today. They it, From the first pitch, and we're going to get into, obviously, the decision to pitch and start Aaron Savali today. But, man, from when he walked Glaber Torres, the first batter of the game, I just knew we weren't going to win. And that was even really bef- from the first walk. That was even before Giancarlo Stanton's home run Ooh. later later in that inning. Well, clearly going behind three nothing in the first inning was not part of the script today. Going behind three nothing after two innings was not part of the script on Sunday. And you know, if you were the Yankees, you know, that was exactly like if you could have just drawn it up, that's exactly how you wouldn't have wanted it because they never felt much of any pressure. None. And that's they got biggest... the three-two at one point on Sunday. It got a little bit interesting. Yeah, but, but like, then, and we're going to talk about never... this too. Josh Naylor did that stupid celebration after he hit that home run when we were losing, and we never even sniffed winning the series after that point. He's taking a lot of heat 
right now, and deservedly so. Listen, I'm all for bat flips. I'm all for celebrating home runs. The thing that I the thing that I didn't like about that was a he did it after he crossed home plate. He did it towards the Yankees dugout, and you, bro, you did it when you were losing the game. We didn't even score again in that game. That was it. Yep. And we scored one meek meek run in today in game five because again the Yankees I've never seen I've never seen a baseball team be as bad defensively as the New York Yankees. They are horrid defensively. They don't look like they are set up in any way, no, shape, or form I, to win a title. No, I think the, the way they are on the field. I'll give them a the ch- way their offense yeah. runs. Where basically, if they're not hitting home runs, they just don't that's score. It. That's it. That's that. That's I mean, their entire they're, team. They're economical when it comes to like runs off of hits. I mean, because you wouldn't. It's hard to believe, but we actually out hit them Again. eight to six today. Again, you know, and we should have had a ninth hit if it wasn't for. Apparently, our replay analyst up in the booth just not challenging something that's blatantly obvious, like uh, Jimenez beating out that beating Rizzo to the to the bag at first base. I mean, Sunday Sunday we had two horrific challenge decisions where all you had to do was look at the replay once, and you know, oh, what, what the hell are we doing challenging that? And then tonight, the literal opposite. You just I was screaming at the television. For them to challenge that, and they just didn't. Uh, Listen, and as and as dumb of a decision as it was to postpone the game yesterday, I don't want to hear any excuses about well, if they would have played yesterday, we would have won the game. No, you can't make that argument. You just you you simply, I mean, would it have been a little bit easier given that the Yankees wouldn't have had their projected starter? Yeah, probably. But you know what? The bottom line is, is that when push comes to shove, our offense just isn't good enough. Yeah, they weren't anywhere close to. I mean, really, we well, had a, one game where we had more than what two runs in regulation. Yeah, all all postseason. That you, was yeah, that you was can't game win. three. You can't like, win. You, you, Listen, I mean, eventually, you're just your pitchers are not going to throw shutouts every right. game. Listen, Tito Tito made a very questionable decision with his starting pitcher today. But ultimately, does it really matter? We scored one run. Right. I, I mean, we are. And to be fair, yeah, start Savale, start Bieber. Honestly, again, your odds weren't very good. You only scored even, one run today. I don't even know. I don't even know if I would have started Bieber today. I just would have went right for the bullpen. I would have had Sam Hentges start the game, hmm. and just gone boom, boom, boom. Or, or you even could have tried. Or even you could have started Plesac and had him go two innings. It wouldn't have been a bad idea. I mean, the Aaron Savale hadn't pitched in thirteen days. And you put him out there in a decisive game five on the road? What did he think was going to happen? Giancarlo Stanton hits a home run that would have only made it out out of three, three out of 30 NBLB ballparks. I hate that, that baseball stadium. I hate it. And give the Yankees credit. They're smart. They know that it takes nothing to get a ball out in that ballpark. So what do they do? They just they just they buy home run hitters. Right, like you said, they don't hit home runs. They don't score. Well, they play half of their games in the season at that ballpark, and it's not exactly hard to hit a home run, especially if you're going to right field. Right. It's almost like it's just set up perfectly for them to succeed. Like you know, MLB oh, postponing a game so under questionable circumstances when right down the street the MLS playoffs between NYCFC and Inter Miami was going on. There was no yeah. problem there. Like, listen, like <laughs> I, it, it, it's. 
it's such a dichotomy for me because like I almost feel bad being mad at this team. But it's where I am. You had a two to one lead with game four at home. Yeah. And this isn't and this isn't this isn't just because it's this year. 2017, we had a two nothing lead against the Yankees and we choked. 2020. Were we favored in 2020? Probably not. I don't even remember. It was the COVID year. Nothing was. It was nothing like a was one normal. or two game difference between the two. Yeah, games it was, over it was a one of those three game games, three game wild card yeah. series, and we just didn't have it. So yeah, whatever. But now this is losing to this team three times in a row in the playoffs, and to people who don't know the Guardians and the Yankees rivalry, they're probably like, oh well, that should be normal. It's the Yankees. Like they, they're always going to be favored against the Guardians. That's not true. The Yankees and the Guardians actually used to be Indians, have a very storied playoff rivalry in the AL. And it hasn't always been this lopsided like it's been in recent years. No. I mean, 97 ALDS, the Indians won that series. 98 ALCS, the Yankees came back and won that year. I don't think they played again until 2007. And that year, the, the, the Indians won that series. Yeah. So that was the whole midges getting under Jabba Chamberlain's skin kind of deal. So I think I, I think most of a lot of my ire and a lot of my frustration is the fact that it's losing to that team because I effing hate that team. Yeah, that's the worst part about this whole situation. If we as I've, right, if, as I've said before, probably the most the least fun I have ever had at a sporting event was Game Five of the 2017 ALDS when yeah. the Yankees completed the comeback and knocked out the number one seed. That year, the Indians that year, and this would have been the perfect time for us to get revenge for that series because we weren't supposed to win this series. No. It's like they weren't supposed to win that one. Yeah, and sure enough, you know, we again we were in position two games one, and you know what? At the beginning of the series, I said the Yankees would win the series. After you were game right. three, I got sucked in, and I was you like, "Wow, right. that was unbelievable that they were able to pull that game the way they did." And I was like, "And they got game four at home. Holy crap! I think they're good. You know what?" I think Game Three was the the straw that broke the camel's back for the Yankees. But and again, again and again, if we in Game Four, if we would have gotten out to the early lead, with, I think I think you might. I, I think I think we'd be getting ready for the ALCS. Would have totally played out different. Even tonight, if you would have gotten out to an early lead, yeah, things could have turned that was, out. It was the so absolute key. When you go down early, it neutralizes the bullpen advantage that you have because all throughout the rest of the game. Not just with your hitting, trying to get back into the game and scoring runs. You're scrambling with your bullpen just to try and hold them where they're at. And we did a decent job of doing that. They ended up scoring two more runs after the Stanton home run. Like they did a decent job of kind of holding them. But the, the I just go back. How many runners did we leave on base in this series? And on and and even going back to the Rays series. How many times are we going to load the bases with less than two outs? Tonight we actually did score, but it was on a sack fly, and then we didn't score when we had first and third after that. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a team that doesn't hit home runs, which the Guardians are, then when you get guys on base, you have to take advantage of it, and we didn't do. I'm honestly shocked that we made it this far with how horrible we were at hitting with runners in scoring position, even in both series. The fact that we swept the Rays when 
How only many? scoring three runs in two yeah. games, actually almost three whole games. When we you left consider the, all the extra innings. We in left game the two. Ba- we left the bases loaded three times against the Rays, and we swept them. Yeah, that we, just goes through you how incredible our pitching was. We did it a couple more times in the Yankee series, and took them to five games, and nearly won the series. Oh man, it's it's again, it's the, you know, I, and you brought up a good point when you were talking about the bullpen and in the context of hitting. Yeah, because it seemed like. The Guardians were pressing at the plate a lot tonight. They were yeah. swinging first pitch a lot. They were yeah. you know, not working counts like they had earlier in the series. I think, what was it, the, the Yankees starter only had like, what, 57 pitches through five innings? That guy's going on three days rest. He doesn't have the gas, to, the, the stamina to go all the way through deep into the game. Why are you making it so much easier on? But I, I sort of understand it. Going down 3 nothing was not part of the plan, and it almost seemed like, whatever plan they had to make the pitcher work just sort of went out the window yeah. and they just lost their patience. Yeah. They, they, so here, I mean, if you want to talk about game five in a nutshell and really the series, but game five specifically top of the first, uh, guardians get, um, a lead off hit from Quan, Then Ahmed Rosario pops up a bunt to the catcher when he's trying to sacrifice him over. And then kills it. And then Jose Ramirez SACs and pops one up on the infield. And then there goes that. And then the the bottom of the order, the Yankees get two on, and Giancarlo Stanton hits a home run. I mean, that that that's that was literally the game. And if you're going to be a small ball team, you can't be popping up on bunts. No, you have like, to be fundamentally you, you sound. Have to be, and know, listen. You're going to make the easy play. You have to at least make the easy plays. I mean, we're not asking you to hit I, home runs. Right, exactly. All you had to do was not – not pop that up on a bunt and you would have gotten Quan into scoring position for Jose Ramirez. It's just frustrating, man. Disheartening, frustrating. Those are the words for me. I mean, and again, I I can't I can't get on this team too hard because I, it's weird to see the Guardians get sort of unglued mentally or perhaps press the way they did. It, 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 this really seemed, you know, to make the Browns analogy, this would be like a game where the Browns got behind by a few scores and just went pass, 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 and never ran the ball again. It, it just it just seemed like it was that kind of a vibe pretty much from the second inning onward in this game. And you don't see that from a Terry Camp- Francona-managed team very much. Um, you know, perhaps the pressure, maybe for once the pressure actually started getting to our guys. Uh, unlike the other side, because we talked about how the pressure was always on the Yankees. Once the Guardians fall behind tonight, maybe the pressure shifted onto them uh, perhaps a lot more than you would have thought. Um, yeah. You know, you'd say like, oh, dang, we were up 2-1, to one and now we're losing in Game 5. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, this is going to be the tone of this podcast. So if, if, you're, if you're somebody that is, you know, two minutes after the game going to be, you know, Great season. Thanks for the memories. We'll we'll see you all winter because that that's how that's that's the attitude that that we'll take at that time. Right now, when it's still raw, the the wound is still ripped open. It hurts, man. It hurts because it was there for you. Now now if we now if we would have won the wild card and then come to the Yankee come to play the Yankees and it just looked like man we were we are totally overmatched and we would and we would have gotten swept out of the division series. I would have more of that sort of take. Like, it was great, they overachieved, blah, blah, blah. But it was there for the taking. And as much as we want to say 
this Guardians team is going to be there because they're young, they're talented, they're going to probably run this division for the next three to five years. When you get a bite at the apple, no pun intended because we're playing in the big apple today, when you get a bite at the apple and it's right there for you, you got to take it. You know, and you mentioned the whole what are the, you know, are people being positive about this, you know, great season, blah, blah, blah. Reading reading the Guardians Instagram page right now, it's about fifty fifty. You I'm have not, I'm you not have faulting about, pe- I'm not faulting people who are doing that because you know you got a whole lot of people who are saying that, you know, wow, great season, you know, you you know, made the playoff, won the central division, won a playoff series, took the Vaughn and Yankees to five games. You know, you have a lot of people that are saying that. But it's about fifty fifty. You got about fifty percent are saying that, and then the other half are saying, Well, shoot, we had this, we blew it, and there's there's a lot of comments, uh, negative comments toward Naylor uh, as we go through the whole thing. So, um, yeah, he, he should probably just go away for a while. But, uh, you know, it's it's pretty obvious what the Guardians have to work on, uh, what the front office has to do coming this offseason. Here, I wanted to read this. This is, uh, this is by uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Rufus uh, Jones, who has been on the podcast before. He says, uh, I'm crushed by this. I don't care about next year. Of course I had fun this year, but I'm not satisfied. This sucks. I'll celebrate the season in December, but until then, as a fan, I'm very hurt by this loss. And then he follows that up by saying, next year will be 75 years or whatever since the last World Series. The near misses make you wonder if you will be the new Cubs of 100-plus years without a World Series. It's possible. I mean, could you think about that? We would be in our mid-50s. It's hey, it's it's very possible. <laughs> oh boy, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough because again, I'm gonna go back and say it. I almost feel guilty for being upset about this team by the way this you know, the way the season ended because of the ride that they took us on. But it hurts, man. It hurts, and yeah, I I don't know what else much to say. Right now, it is about the most miserable weather day you could possibly have oh for October gosh. 18th. It's yeah. about it, right now. It's 38 degrees. It's raining. It's almost a free, there's been freezing mix at times today. The weather is very apropos for this situation. It's just miserable. It feels cold. It feels like you just we got we got nothing to look forward to now. And you know, I'm weather guy, so I'm gonna bring this up too. You look out to Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, we've got sunny seventy one, partly cloudy seventy three, and sunny seventy four. Yeah, that would have been game three, four, and five of the ALCS. Yep, son of a bitch. Yep, seriously, missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. And again, I you know, I I while I agree with everybody's take about how you know this team is about to run the AL Central again for a few years, and I I truly. Yeah. Do, well, I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, fans on the south side of Chicago were saying the same exact thing last year. Right. What happened to them? Uh, a couple years ago, Minnesota was saying the same exact thing. What happened to them? Like, you can't just assume that you're going to get back. You can't. Um, do I think they will? Yeah, probably. At least once or twice, they'll probably get back with it and have another chance. But man, when you have an opportunity to do it, you got to do it. And it's not like it's not like in this series we were 
trying to claw from behind the whole way. We had them. We absolutely had them on Sunday. Two to one lead in the series at home. We had them. The unfortunate truth about game three was that, and and take nothing away from game three, I still stand by it that game three is individually one of the most incredible moments in the history of the franchise. That being said, it ended up merely postponing the inevitable. And perhaps yeah. neither one of us in that moment were able to see the forest from the trees. Just frustrating. It seems like your brother Mike was the only one who did because he was the only one who was not convinced that we were going to win the series after game three and and absolutely threw in the towel after we lost game four. And he was absolutely right. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, I'll, I'll just go back to, to what we were talking about, uh, you know, on Sunday. But after the Browns... I don't even want to talk about them today, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, but but as we were doing our po- our Browns post game slash Guardians pregame for Game Four, uh, you know, we uh, we had to get the lead. Our advantage is our pitching, specifically our bullpen. And with a bullpen like ours, if you have a lead, you feel really good about shutting the door. Instead. We had to use our bullpen to try and hold the Yankees because we got behind in both games. And with the way that we had been hitting in the clutch and with runners in scoring position, you really did not have much faith that we were going to come back and do it. I heard all the, like in the first inning today, like when Stanton hit that three run home run, I essentially tweeted from the, from the show account games over. We'll see you next year. And I got, a couple people tweeting back at me like this team has come from behind all year. Like they're going to do it again. I'm like, okay, well like, yeah. Okay. I get it. But also look at our recent history against this Yankees team. I, we did not good. It's not good. 2017, 2020. And I'll tell you what, I love Josh Naylor. I, this isn't just hindsight being 2020 because we lost both games after he did that home run celebration. I said it when it happened. I didn't like it. And I, it, he did it, and when he was rounding second and doing it to our dugout, fine. I'm okay with that. Do it, do it to your own guys. When he crossed home plate and he did it towards the Yankees' dugout and we were still losing the game at that point, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, not only that, to then do that while you're losing, you lose the game, and then you follow it up with a with a pathetic 0 for 4 showing at the plate in game 5 when they really needed you, when you're the cleanup hitter. Not good. No, not good. And I and I'm not going to and I'm not going to say Yankees fans are a-holes for mocking him all game game 5 with the with the hand with the hand motion of rocking the baby because the, the dude had an opportunity to to you know hit it right back in their face and he went 0 for 4 and you know went out again like I said to, to open the show like a fart in the wind yep so I just I don't like that man like just, just I, listen 
I'm all for if you if you hit a home run and you want to flip the bat when you're in the batter's box, that's fine because you're not doing it. It that that's fun, whatever. But when you do something when you're losing, and uh, you know you're doing it towards the opposing dugout, and then you don't back it up in the next game, it's just bad, man. Bad. It's like it's like scoring a touchdown when you're down thirty-five to seven. Like what do you and you celebrate the touchdown? What are you doing? Yeah. But again, this, I mean, this team's young. They're, you know, they'll be back. I, uh, I, I really lamented the amount of just pathetic at bats we had in this series. I mean, not just Naylor today going over four. I mean, we had how many times were we swinging at crap that was way out of the zone? It's like every all game, every game. Like today, today we didn't make we didn't make solid contact once. Everything was. A it's dr- actually pretty amazing they had eight hits, considering yeah, how well, like little I said, good we, contact they had. We had three infield singles today, and should have had a fourth. Yeah, as you said. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the fifth hit was uh, Jose Ramirez's, or was it Jose? Whoever it was, was that uh, was that bloop to short left field right on the line where the two Yankees players ran into each other and they didn't catch it. Uh, what was another one? Quan had a hit to right field. That was six. Trying to think of what else. What was the hit we scored the run on? Can't remember. Oh, the run was a sack fly. It wasn't even a hit. Right. So, yeah, it's just, oh, man, frustrating. Frustrating. And the whole Tito thing with with Savali, you know, like we said, we only scored one run, so in the grand scheme of things, did it really matter? But I just thought, I just thought, the insistence on starting Savali today—it's almost like it gave us bad juju. The guy hadn't pitched in 13 days, and it's not like he—it's not like he was very good this year to begin with. I mean, he had a barely sub five ERA, and the way you know me, me, you, and uh, Matt Steigerwald have our text chain the way we were talking we were like yeah i don't care what i don't care what happens i'm getting him out of there the as soon as he goes through the lineup one time yeah we didn't have a whole lot of confidence in no. him really from the start well the thing and yeah. the thing about savali is like so savali pitched nine and nine and a third total innings against the yankees this year he gave up 10 runs And he's and he's a pitcher that is prone to give up home runs, so I don't know why on earth you would start him in that ballpark. Well, like you said, you only had two other alternatives: pitch Shane Bieber on three days rest, or just go with a straight bullpen game right from the start. I, that that's what I would have gone which, with. I would have just started the game and with henches. The the bottom line is, whichever option you picked, and and none of them were great options considering you only scored one run. So you're basically asking Bieber to either throw a shutout on a three days rest, or for the bullpen to throw a nine inning shot. And right. I do think that was probably the best option, option three, because as you mentioned, you know, it's not as easy when you're behind, but the bullpen only gave up two two runs the last two games after yep. the second inning. Yeah. So they did their job. Right. You know, it if the offense could you I mean if the offense were, were to be able to put up the runs they needed to, we win the series, obviously. I mean it's a John Madden take, but you know, it's <laughs> it, it, but, yeah. it, but in the end it really was that simple. The the Guardians offense was just not not good enough. 
yeah. in the end. I agree. Um, I uh, agree. It was good enough to win 92 games. It was good enough to win the American League Central. It was good enough to win the wild card series. Yeah. When you think about it, there were a lot of parallels. I can't believe I'm going to bring the Browns up again. But oh God. This, this season, 2022 Guardians, 2020 Browns, mm-hmm. almost the exact same season. When, when you yeah. think about the their win percentages, when you think about that, what they did when they got to the postseason, winning wild card round, losing divisional round against a much, you know, in a much overmatched situation where the decisive game in both cases was played on the road, yeah. you know, it's it, it is what it is. Now the question, and now see, it's a cautionary <laughs> tale too because. <laughs> When people are saying that, you know, well, they'll be sure for sure back. No, that's counting your chickens before they hatch. That's what we thought on the Browns, too. And they ended up going 500 the next season and didn't even make the playoffs. So, (laughs) yeah. Do I think that same fate will befall the Guardians? Probably not, seeing as they've only had one season under 500 in the last seven years, and that was 80 and 82. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that season was literally one game under 500. Like, I mean. Two games, but. But I do think it does. What this does show is that the bar to clear between winning the AL Central and winning, and forget the maybe not the wild card, but winning once you get to the main draw of the playoffs, mm. much higher bar. Sure. When we talked about it, I'll see what would we say in June, July, August. Our our thing was okay. Yeah, we could we could get to the playoffs, win the Central, but once we get there, we're going to lose immediately. Yeah, and. You know, by that I think we meant when we get to the main draw. I don't think we were considering the wild card, but like that's pretty much. I mean, it, they made it a lot more interesting than we were thinking then. But it, in the end, the result was still the same. Since the then Indians went to the World Series in 2016, you know how many playoff series have won by AL Central teams? Since when? Since well, starting in 2017. Since the the Indians went to the World Series in 2016, are we counting the wild card? I guess I okay for sake of argument, yes, we'll count the wild card. One, yes, <laughs> the one the Guardians had this year. Yeah, if once you get to the divisional well, I, round, the main draw and beyond, zero. How many games? Last how many six play, years? Listen, we we were we were going into uh, the playoffs this year. We were talking about the uh, the Guardians' winless drought in the playoffs. What's the Twins' winless drought in the playoffs right now? And, like, they hadn't won any of their last, like, eight or ten games. Right. To my understanding. And the White Sox, I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs very much in recent years, but they've done nothing either. Yeah. You know, you got to go back to probably the Tigers. you got to go back to, like, 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, something like that. You know, before you had the Royals, who just randomly went from being bad to being amazingly good and went to two World Series in a row and then went back to being terrible. <laughs> You get a lot of people. If you ask the trivia question, who was the last AL Central team to win a World Series? I'm not sure a lot of people would even remember that it's the Royals. Yeah. Because they've been so irrelevant the last seven years, but they were, for whatever reason, they were incredibly good in 2014 and 2015. Yeah, I mean, they essentially won Florida Marlins. They won their championship and then were garbage. But those those years of the mid-last decade of the AL Central bossing the playoffs, those days are long, long gone. Yeah. I don't know what's going to bring them back. I mean, maybe the Guardians will do well, it. They'll be on the forefront. But right now, reality is is that once we get out of the AL Central, we can't win. Yeah. Well, as we as we kind of look look uh, to the future, and obviously we will do this more during the off season in the winter time. But you know, I 
I think the Guardians need another starting pitcher. I think they need a uh, yes. They need a new catcher. Yes. They need a first baseman. If you're not going to continue to what? If you're just going to continue to play Naylor at DH, I, I suppose. Yeah, Naylor, Naylor would be my DH because because here's the thing about Naylor. He can't hit left-handed pitching. He can't. He just can't do it. No. So while we love Naylor, obviously, and I'm not saying to get rid of Naylor, I'm saying he's a platoon guy. He's he's a guy that's only going to play when you're facing right-handed pitching. Ideally, yes. If you're facing a lefty, he's out. He's not starting. Right. So the Guardians need a first baseman, and they need a uh, right. They need a right-handed power bat in the worst freaking way. The worst way. Maybe, that- maybe Oscar Gonzalez can turn into that. I don't know, but he's not proven it yet, so you can't count on him. Like, I love Oscar Gonzalez, but the fact that he was hitting cleanup and in the five hole for us in the playoffs, his his game winning hits notwithstanding. It's one of the reasons why you couldn't get hits like when you needed them, like when you were down, when you were losing. It's because you got rookies all over the place, guys that hadn't been there before, guys that in certain situations maybe get a little bit antsy and are swinging from the – how many times did we swing at the first pitch in this series? A lot. A lot. And like you said tonight, the and, – and maybe – like you said, maybe it went out the window when Stan hit that three-run home run in the first inning, but – our insistence to be aggressive early in the count against Cortez, who's on three days rest, was baffling to me. Didn't make any sense. Didn't look like a Terry Francona managed no. team. And it was not like he he wasn't pounding the strike zone. We were th- we were swinging at everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I we need starting we need starting pitching. Um, we need a catcher. We need a first baseman. We need a right hand to hit. Uh, power bat and and listen. That that might again some of that might come in from internally because the Guardians farm system is absolutely loaded. So it's gonna come from a, it's gonna be a combination of uh free agent shrewd free agent signings, which is never a guarantee with this organization because they never want to spend money. Uh using some of those farm chips to make to make trades to bring in some of those pieces or bring up some of those guys in uh in, in the farm system. So that's what they did last. That's what they did this year. And it got them to the playoffs. So, it, you know, maybe they're going to try and of, sell that to us again out of those three options. And again, it's interesting that option number three was the one that worked for the guardians this year. Cause that's the one that's more long-term. You don't usually think of that right. yielding immediate success, right? The guardians have shown a really good knack for getting really good returns out of trades. Yeah. And that's why that second option is really, again, the front office has been excellent with regard to unloading guys and getting new guys in there, usually younger guys, to ultimately either immediately or within a year or two to turn around and, you know, provide you the production you need. Uh, I'm not expecting them to do much in the way of free agency because that's just not what they do. The difference in that trade strategy now is I think now it's flipped. The last few years, it's been trading away uh, guys that we no longer really have uh, contractual control over, and trying to, and replenishing the farm system. Now it's going to be okay. Let's weigh who we're who we're willing to part with in order to bring in proven talent that can help us get over the top. Who's that? Who's that first baseman DH guy that we can trade for that we can plug into the fifth spot in the lineup 
or the cleanup spot in the lineup and maybe move Oscar Gonzalez down to sixth or seventh and not have as much pressure on him. Be like 2016, 2017 when you're going out and getting guys like Brad Hand and Andrew Miller and Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know? yeah, where where that Encarnacion was a free agent signing, which is the biggest free agent signing in the history of the franchise. A but rare yeah, example of them doing what they like, don't usually do. Right, something like that. Um, whether it's free agency or trade, something like that, which I, you know, we'll see. The, the Guardians have been vindicated in one respect. They don't. They just don't go out and pay crazy money for one player. Right. The way the way of baseball's economics works, it's just not a winning formula, particularly in a small market. Yeah. They Sometimes, can't if if you're the Yankees or the yeah. Red Sox they or the Phillies or the way. Dodgers, you might be able to get away with that. But honestly. Even some of the teams, like you know, the Phillies, the Phillies might be getting away with it right at the moment. But like them dropping thirty million on one player, or San Diego doing the same thing, you know, these are these are trying not to be terrible examples. I was gonna say those the, are the two teams playing in the NLCS. But but look at it this way: prior to this year, <laughs> yeah. neither one of those two teams was in any way vindicated for no. dropping that kind of money on one player. No. You know, they were fifth and sixth seed and just managed to you know get hot at the right time, which you know. We were thinking the Guardians were on that same path. Maybe we were feeling emboldened even because of what was going on in some of the other series over in the National League. But like, yeah. Eh. <clears throat> well, I will say this: I am going to be rooting like hell for the NL uh, NLCS champion because I am. Uh, yeah. I'm not rooting for the Yankees, and I'm not rooting for those cheating bastards, the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wasn't saying one and the same, although. You know, the Yankees, you, you could say. You can't root for either of those teams. No. I mean, they're both just odious for various reasons. The Yankees just because they like to buy everything, and the Astros because they are just extremely unethical in everything they do. Yep. <laughs> so, you know. And, of course, w- how appropriate would it have been that our road to the World Series would have been to go through both of those teams? Right. You know? <laughs> could you have had a more difficult or more, you know, Razor sharp, you know, vampire fanged route than that, which of course reared its ugly head when MLB decided to postpone the game last night. You know, just throw another obstacle in our way, you know. But yeah, you know. It, so listen, I, I I think we've kind of uh, we've kind of gone over this enough. Um, Even champs looking at us like, you know, why why are you still talking about this? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, what I will say, and, I, you know, if we were going to go out, I guess it's kind of a perfect time because the Cavaliers start tomorrow in Toronto. Um, so they're up next. They're going to hopefully hashtag let them know again this year. We got next? Is that yeah. what they're saying right now? Yep. That's right. So they are they are north of the border right now getting ready to open their season tomorrow. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Uh, we will probably dedicate almost the entire episode next week to a Cavs uh, season preview. Um, but tonight we wanted to just come on here and react, uh, do an instant react to Game Five of the ALDS. Unfortunately, the the Cleveland Guardians come up short, five to one. And uh, you know we've spent we we've spent a lot of this episode lamenting uh, what could and what we thought should have happened with this series, uh, especially after what happened on Saturday. Um, but uh, just want to congratulate the Guardians on on this season. It hurts like hell right now, but, you know, you got to be able to see the forest through the trees. And, uh, you know, it was a great season for the Guardians. 
uh, AL Central champs. I'm not. I'm as Steve knows. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of raising division championship banners uh, in arenas or stadiums, but it's another banner they're going to raise or put on those ugly ass shipping containers that are out in upper right field. Um, because <laughs> you know it's what they do. They put those pennants up there. Yeah, it's like stickers on a the the, the blue pennants for the division yeah. and uh, amid the the red ones for the league and then the, yeah. the two. Only two gold ones for the you know World Series, but uh. um, so yeah, so just want to congratulate everybody at the Guardians. Uh, it was a great season. Uh, looking forward to the future. They got the most out of what they had, sure this year, and I don't think anybody would dispute that. No, no, no. I re- I mean seriously. I, well, I, I just can't. Well, we did have a two-one lead in this series at home in Game Four, so I, I, I don't a know miraculous I... Game Three win gave them a two-one lead. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the evidence was even before that again with the offense being what it was. But yeah. you know, again, I, they did they did a great job. Get me some guys that can hit home runs. <laughs> Jeez, right. So, but yeah, congrats to them. It's a great season. Uh, we loved every minute of it, except for uh, the last two, last uh, well, three days because they had the rain out yesterday. But yeah. uh, they'll be back, and uh, we'll be here when they're back, and uh, you know. We'll talk about we'll talk about a lot of the memorable moments over this winter, but you know, right now, even as I'm trying to congratulate them, it's it's very subdued because I'm uh, like I said at the beginning, you you I said it and you coined it. You know, it's disheartening to to go out like that, no matter what the odds were, no matter what the stakes were. It's gonna hurt. So nobody ever loses, and it's like, yeah, that was great. Right. No. Right, that's but I think, just that's just not in, in human nature. I think I think I think, I'll, I think a lot of us are too easy to or too quick to, like we lose and people are already fire, firing off the tweets. Uh, Great season, love you guys. Like, uh, like we like give it, give it, give it a little bit. Give it a little bit. I gotta say, the fans are showing a lot of maturity right now because they could have been like really up in arms and being really upset right now, and and you know some people are. But it seems like again, at least half are not, you know, and are and are giving the Guardians props for what all they've done, you know. So, I, in a sense, that might be reverse of what I was talking about after the Browns Chargers game, because I don't think again going back two years with the Browns, you did have some Browns fans saying that, but I do think it, the overall when they lost to Kansas City, I think the overall vibe was a little more negative than this. That you uh... know. That's interesting. Yeah, it, I would really have to think about that. I don't remember. I remember being disappointed losing. Maybe it was because that game ended up being closer than the game was today. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure, but it uh, seems like when, when you are the number one team in the city, you do, rightly or wrongly, get more scrutiny when you do bad. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I it's and I think with football, it's it's more you know obviously there are no series like in the playoffs. It's 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 do or die. One game, you're out, and and yeah. That's what this came down to because it was an eliminate. It was a you know, it was a ge- elimination game. Uh, the the series went the distance, but yeah, I think because it's, I don't know. That's a that's a good question about the fans' feelings after that Kansas City game. I don't mm. know. I think but again, the Guardians are at that exact sort of moment where they sure. are a team that's on the rise. They made the you know last eight in the league and 
now they're looking to make that big move forward. And it just, you know, our wish list has four things on it, and we'll see just how much the front office can make that work. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's where we stand. And until until they go again in April, come on, Cavs. That's right. That's Got to make it happen. Come on, Cavs. Like I said, we will be talking probably next week, the episode entirely about, because let's be honest, given the way that they played the last month or so, I I don't really see the Browns going into Baltimore and winning. But, hey. We could use a swerve like that right now. Listen, of course. Because it's been a bunch of utter crap the last three days. Yeah, because, listen. We we could use a win over the Ratbirds on Sunday. That's for sure. If they were to somehow win, which, uh, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not getting sucked in again. I'm not doing <laughs> it. They have, but they have. They're they're to the point now where they have to prove it to me before I get sucked in again. You want to know how you prove it to me? You go into Baltimore and you win, and then you beat Cincinnati on at home on Monday Night Football. No excuses. Go do it. And they have to do. I mean, if we're going to really talk about this, they got to do it because they've they're out of yeah. No, they're yeah. out of Mulligans. No. Yeah. Right. At two and four. Right. You had three of them and you lost them all. You can't. You start losing games in the division two, you're done. Yeah. Period. So, whatever. That's that. That's all the Browns we're going to talk about in this episode. <laughs> but I say we wrap it up. Um, we kind of put a bow on it there. Yep. Um, you know, hopefully uh, the Guardians uh, make some noise in the off season, and uh, we will be. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you another thing. There better be a hell of a lot more people at the ballpark next year. You would think that there would be. I, You know, everybody just kind of sleepwalked through the season. The vibe with the Guardians was almost entirely negative back at the start of the well, season. And, I, and in, the fans, in the fans' defense, this was a 500 ball club until the last month of the season. So they didn't really look like they were going to do much until the, the calendar hit until September. It completely took off in September. And, and what's interesting is the actual low point of the season happened directly before that when – we got railroaded by the Mariners twice and the Orioles, and it looked like a season was done and buried. And then they just, at 0-100, to 100, they just completely took off right after that. I don't know about done and buried. They were st- there was a time where I think they fell into a tie for the division lead. It was right around there. But you could it definitely had a vibe of, oh, man, we might really uh, gack this whole thing away. So, yeah. you know, I do think w- when you consider in totality what the Guardians did in September is – Pretty remarkable. It's very remarkable. And yeah. Yeah, just think about how different this – well, we wouldn't be doing this show right now, but you know, no. th- if we did a theoretical end-of-season show, how different it would be if the Guardians like slumped in September and didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, the whole vibe would still be the same way it was in April. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so w- I.e., I, 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 we wouldn't even be talking about them. Right. So we'd be probably screaming, screaming about the Browns again and then – previewing the Cavs season on this episode. Yeah, we'd be, we be doing NBA preview, which yeah, which we'll probably do next week. We'll probably do next week, yeah. yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, so that's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate you guys listening. As always, um, you know, for the most part, it was a fun baseball season. You know, only one only one team in the end gets, gets, to, uh, gets to have a fun end of their season if you make the playoffs. So the Guardians are not one of them this year, but uh, they gave us a ride. So. Final word? That one team, it better either be Philly Philly or you stay classy, San Diego.
<laughs> it, yeah, or it'll be go f- yourself, San Diego. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna end. The, we're gonna end the episode. So you can follow us on social media at Stiffs McGee and at Daniel J Ford, and you can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast. This has been episode 232 of Living Off the Land, and we will catch you guys next week. Go Guards. uh, Go Cavs. See ya. Bye.